Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a, can we, a football Friday. Why not? Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller here to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of that time here with us. Uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will talk with Kevin Lehman coming up, basketball analyst. He's got the in-state tilt on Saturday, 5 o'clock ESPNU. Kevin Lehman will be the analyst on that uh, game. It's the Bulldogs heading across the state the McLeod Center to take on the Panthers, a 5 o'clock tip. Iowa State 3, Penn, uh, Penn State Iowa 330, Hawks, I mean Hawks, uh, Bulldogs and Panthers at 5. And oh, by the way, there's the NFL going on. So busy uh, window, no doubt about it. But Kevin Lehman will kick things off at 1025, get the latest from Kevin Lehman. We'll head to Las Vegas with our friend Mike Palm from Circus Sports, talk a little bit of sports wagering with him uh, at about 1045. By the way, oh, good morning, first of all. Hey, what's up? Uh, have you heard any more about the A's moving to Vegas? No. It's kind of... Is uh, it percolating? Well, the property that there's, there, the piece of land that they're looking at apparently is, um, is where the Tropicana currently sits, which mm-hmm. is right across the street essentially from the Mandalay Bay, which I think is, um, adjacent to the field where the, I mean, the massacre was. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Um, a couple of three years back, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, that's the area that they're, that they're perhaps entertaining building a baseball stadium. Wouldn't that be something? If Vegas just, I mean, they, they get hockey, then they get the NFL. The NBA is apparently kicking the tires. The MLB is, I don't know if it's a bargaining tool, but it's with, uh, with the city of Oakland, but there's, I mean, maybe. I uh, did see something on Twitter, I think it might have been last night, that the top two, it was from a national writer, the top two expansion candidates remain Montreal. Who got shot down yesterday, did you see that? Yeah. The split with the Tampa, uh, half their season in Tampa, half in Montreal, that was always going to be a long shot. It was Montreal and Nashville, for expansion candidates, were the two that were talked about, still seem to be the front runners for Mm -hmm. expansion if they go that route, and somebody else opined below it. Vegas would be third on that list right. for an expansion candidate, but they but they may get an existing team right. as we know. Apparently, they're in the hunt. Well, well, we'll see. We'll talk, we'll ask Mike Palm that. Bob. That'd be great. It would be would be really cool. You know, one of those summer trips to, and yeah, but you, you have to put a lid on it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's got to be like Arizona for sure. Retractable roof. I mean, there's there's days where it's 
in the teens mm-hmm. with a one in front of it. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> our teens. More, no, not our teens. No, we'd, and I'd kill for the teens right now. We have a little minus beside uh, our number. Anyway, so Mike Palm at uh, 1045. Dave Sproul on Iowa State will preview TCU, Iowa State with Dave Sproul, and then Tom Cakert on Iowa, Penn State, Iowa. Uh, it's junior day there, their football uh, uh, football program having a major event over in Iowa City uh, this weekend, so we'll pick Tom brain on that give you an opportunity to win Claxon's barbecue about 11:35 11:40 somewhere in that neighborhood before we give you our picks for the four divisional round games and I like each and every one of them. Every one of them. I do. The Mr. one 5 and 0. Oh. I am coming off of perfecto, right? That's uh well, yeah, we'll see how we keep keep going. The one that makes me pause the most. Do you have one that is kind of I like you can see it this way. Okay, you can tell me it's going to be that way. It's the Kansas City it, Buffalo. Me too. Game. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's the most difficult yep. one to handicap, and a part of it is the inconsistency of Buffalo mm-hmm. that we've seen this year. And the last time we saw them, they were they can't be that efficient again, right? Can exactly. They? Kansas City, that defense is a lot better. Yeah, you just kind of feel like it was more exercising some demons against the Patriots mm-hmm. for last quarter century, <laughs> right. and now, yeah, all right, you finally got that one in the win column. But they got a score to settle from last year's AFC Championship game. Remember Stephon Diggs after that yep, game? I do. Looking around mm-hmm. and just soaking it all yep. in, knowing that they were that close. Got out to a 9 nothing lead, and then, of course, Kansas City did Kansas City things, as they seemingly always do. Well, look at last weekend switch. against yeah. Pittsburgh, for yeah. God's sakes. Kind of the same kind of game. Uh-huh. And then the switch flipped for Kansas uh. City and went rolling there. So, of the four, that's the one that I'm not the most confident with. In fact, the other three, I know right now who I'm picking. By 11.45? Might change, huh? That's the one that I'm teetering still on the brink. All right. Well, we'll, we shall, we'll see. We'll save us at that point. But I'm sure it's, um, you know, the cat will get out of the bag, who yeah. we both feel. As I, th- I think I've got a couple of dogs that are going to be barking this weekend. Uh, anyways, uh, basketball from last night. Just real quick before mm-hmm. we kind of move forward and start taking a look at, at, the, at the weekend. Uh, Indiana-Purdue was entertaining as hell. And mm-hmm. if I was to sit here or you were to sit there yesterday and tell me, you know what, Indiana's going to win this game. Jackson Davis is going to be in foul trouble for most of it. He's only going to score four points in the game. And play, what did we play, 12 minutes, something mm-hmm. like that? Like that, um, I just told you there's no way in hell uh, that the Hoosiers would snap that 2,000 and something day streak uh, that they were currently on. Well, but I they did tell did. you this. I told you to take Indiana. And the you points. did. I know you did. So I knew this was going to happen. Uh, and you were right. But with Dax, with Jackson Davis no, having no, the game, absolutely not. It was finicky. Who couldn't miss? Trenty was six for six at one point. Mm-hmm. Hit the go ahead three uh, inside 30 seconds in the basketball game. Um, you know, it's about other guys stepping up, right? And yesterday was Finnessy's turn. This continues to be the problem with Pied- with Purdue this year, is just defensively. Now, this was not a game where they gave up a lot of points or anything like that, but guard play. They mm. can't get stops on that end. Nope. And as good as Stefanovic is as a... Couldn't make a shot yesterday, Trent. Right. And when he's not shooting, you right. know, we kind of talk about this with Jordan Bohannon. Yeah. He's not shooting, he can't be out there. Same thing with Stefanovic, because he is a disaster mm-hmm. on the other end of the floor. And Jaden Ivey, one of the most athletic players in college basketball. two in the first half. But he's not a plus defender either. And with that athleticism, you would think that's got to be a calling card for him. Mm-hmm. And certainly there's been times where there are major lapses. And the big guys inside, of course, you want to get them in screen and roll and do different things. So that continues to be the bugaboo with this Purdue team. Is very talented offensively, but defensively, is this team good enough to get them to their first Final Four since 1980? Mm. Which for that program, which has the most Big Ten titles all time, 
Not Michigan State, not Michigan, not Ohio State, Indiana. It's Purdue. Has the most regular season titles of anybody. I think you see, you posed that to me last year at some point. I I, Three or four guesses before I got there. 1980, last time they've been to the Final Four. And the leader, and is this the year? It feels like it should be. If you put a bracket in front of me right now, I don't think I'd be putting. Well, who's down. the best team in the conference right now? It's not it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. It's it Wisconsin? Wisconsin. It absolutely is Wisconsin. This team is different mm-hmm. than the Wisconsin teams that we've seen Just in the because past. Because of Davis, yeah, they got a dude that can go get a bucket at yeah. any time, and they've had good players sure that have come through. But yeah. he's different. He's different. He's special, and to have that coupled with what they do in the pack line and everything else, Wisconsin's the best team in the conference, and they're going to get certainly a shot tonight against Sparty, who comes in at the goal side. You know what, Trent? I love the fact that the Big Ten has taken Friday night. I really do. They've got, they've got a doubleheader tonight. Uh, Maryland, uh, Illinois, early Michigan State, Wisconsin uh, is, is the late game. No Kofi. Right. Who I think I saw he's, he's, I think he's in the COVID. I think he's in protocol. Okay. Uh, but he will not play tonight and maybe not Tuesday against Michigan State. But I love the fact that the Big Ten is uh, in the spotlight on Friday night. Like it's great. There's not a lot of competition out there, and, and why not? Why not claim Friday night if you can? And they've done it in a big-time way and put not just games there, but we're not getting Northwestern Nebraska. They're putting big right. impact games yeah. there. Yeah, And you know how weekends are, and especially during this time, so certainly much. in January, yeah, where you're overwhelmed. you got football still going on. you got the big national game that you want to tune mm-hmm. into, whatever it is, and even a good. And both the needle game. movers, right? they're playing. Illinois, Maryland played tomorrow. In the middle you of get all, lost. I'm not watching it. Right. I'm just not. Friday night. There's nothing else. You can make it work. And do you not have a high school game tonight? I do have a high school game do tonight. You? So I won't be able to see that one. I'll be able to see the nightcap, though, and get mm-hmm. to the second half. Where are you tonight? That. I'm going to be out at Waukee, Waukee High, the original, mm-hmm. uh, the OG, and they will be facing off against West Des Moines Valley, playing, of course, without Eli Reardon, who uh, tore up his knee and is out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. The Future tight end for Notre Dame, mm-hmm. uh, but Valley, really talented team. Haven't seen them since the injury to Eli, so excited. Saw Waukee earlier this week, and pretty good team. Young team, a lot of new faces there, obviously, with the split, but have that one. That is a CSN-only broadcast, though. No radio No tonight. radio. We got Iowa Wild here on the air, so you can catch that one. CISN TV on YouTube. All right, well, uh, the Panthers and the Bulldogs seemingly is a pretty important spot, considering where they both sit mm-hmm. in the standings. They're all looking up at Loyola, who's... Uh, perfect at this point, five and zero. Oh, but the uh, the Panthers five and two. Drake is at four and two. You know, let me stop for a second. We're there's a Drake story that's percolating. It's not a good one. No. And um, I just I, we have to be careful because we just saw the Cedar Rapids said the University of. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I don't want to be Rob Howe or Pat Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, just taking one side of a story. Yeah, we're working on both of it. But on the surface, I mean, a golf tournament guy gets a hole in one. He's supposed to get a a trip to Pebble Beach. The cat, apparently the uh, the um, the insurance check is is issued, and still hasn't been paid. Still hasn't got the prize. There's no trip. There's no check. And, and there's people that witnessed the hole in one. Yeah, signing affidavits that yes, I got the hole in one. Prize was advertised, and there. So here's the thing that that I found on that: the guy that was a part of this, the the guy, the Drake represent, mm-hmm. he's no longer with Drake. Oh, so interesting. So that's where I think it got caught up. So gotcha. We'll we'll look more into that. Uh, anyways, if it's as easy as cutting a check and getting in the mail, do it. Drake just cut the check and get in the mail. Do it. It's 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 bad publicity. It is. This is this is a bad look because there's more layers to this story. But like you said, until we at least hear from Drake, and if there is more to the story that we don't know. Because we got it from one side. Mm-hmm. 
if it's as simple as the that, winner, the, right. the hole in one, the hole in one winner, yeah, right? Who is still awaiting the check? This happened in June. Mm-hmm. There's been correspondence still continuing over the last two months. Just write the check, right? If it's there, the insurance company says it's been paid. Mm-hmm. And Brian Harden apparently was close to it. Yeah, this was on. Yeah, took a picture with the hole in one winner. So this didn't. This is news to him. No, <laughs> no. He, he posed with the guy that made the yeah. hole in one that right. won the prize. Yes. And then reneged on giving the prize. Haven't seen it yet. Wow. All right, more, more on that uh, perhaps next week. But yeah, uh, when I tried to reach out to a uh, guy's name is Matt Lyons. He's no longer with the oh, okay. with Drake. Um, the game itself, uh, it's a big spot. Yeah, it's coming a off very big for spot. both of them. Mm-hmm. And you want to, of course, really the most important thing now in the NBC is you're fighting to be a number two or three seed. That's the most important thing because... On the opposite side of the bracket from Loyola. Precisely. I mean, that's what you're playing for right now. Yep. Nobody, I don't Avoid think. Avoid them until Sunday. Worst case scenario, I, I was looking actually this morning at Ken Palm. He has them projected to win every game, but with the algorithm actually 15 and 3 in the conference. They're not going only 15 and 3, are they? I know they've had a couple of close calls. Mm. I can't see them being worse than 16 and 2. I, D- didn't you think they were going to take a step back after, <laughs> after all the. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the graduations. Porter Moser moves on. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought that this was not the end, uh, but certainly they there was a vulnerable. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they looked that look of vulnerability. Crutwig was gone. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge part of it too. Boy, he had a hell of a career. Didn't yes, he, he did. Uh, let's do, let's do Iowa State as they try to get back in the wind column. Look, we saw them have a lapse in Oklahoma and bounce back. Mm-hmm. They had a. And they, they didn't play well um, against Texas Tech nope. uh, the other day. Texas Tech was, they they played like Iowa State, quite honestly, yeah. on the defensive end of the floor. So when we've seen one of these, uh, not no-show, because that's unfair to, to Texas Tech, because I think Texas Tech had a lot to do uh, with uh, how Iowa State played the basketball game. But when point being is when we've seen Iowa State struggle, they've come out and they've played very well. Now, TCU is one of the stories in the Big 12. They're hanging around, aren't they? I keep waiting for that to them to realize that, hey, we're TCU and we're not supposed to be very good. But after all, Iowa State was picked last. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU is hanging around. You're absolutely right. They are 12-3, um, and 2-2 two and two in conference. And they got Mike Miles. And I think people, Cyclone fans will remember him from last year. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player. Yep. Controls the game. Yep. Efficient with the ball. Distributes at a high level. I mean, this is a great point guard game, right? Mike Miles going up. On the other side against the freshman uh-huh. and Tyrese Hunter, this is a point guard game, and I think, I think it's going to be a competitive one. I yeah, think- and Miles will score as most. Yes. I mean, there's not too many nights Hunter's going to lead the team in scoring. There's a lot of nights Miles does. A couple of good defensive teams. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to see on both sides. This one, Destin, if you can get to seventy, you're going to get in the win column. I don't think either team's uh, going to yeah. get to seventy. Yeah, I don't think so either. Sixty-five, fifty-eight, uh-huh. and something in that range. Probably where we're trending here. Uh, projected point spread is Iowa State by seven. Oh, it seems like a lot. At that number, I think I'd be grabbing the Horn Frogs. Mm-hmm. Be grabbing them just because we know about the offensive limitations. Now, Jazz Coons, he's going to be better than he was at Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, Caleb Brill came in and hit some shots in the game, but overall, it just takes a couple. Mm-hmm. Kelsher, are we ready to say that was a two-game anomaly shooting the basketball, though? I don't want to say I that. I know you right. don't. I'm not going to go You want to be right on that. No, I know. Look, at he was really... We've said the story a million times. You know it. <laughs> He's been bad uh, uh, shooting. Now, look, defensive end of the floor, oh. he is, is, is t- tenacious. I mm-hmm. uh, love the way he plays there. But there's sometimes, uh, you, when you tune in, he's going to fill it up. Mm, most of the times, that's not the case. Uh, Iowa, conversely, they've got Penn State coming in. This Penn State team, Trent, uh, it's just... 
I see them at home. Mm-hmm. I was really high on Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Rutgers go on the road and just get the crap kicked out of them by Penn State. Right. Just get throttled. What do you expect tomorrow? They're a team on the road and they're going to get throttled. I, 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 and, the, and Carver sold out? Sold out. First time this season. It's going to be certainly... It's a black and gold game? Yep, doing the striped mm-hmm. arena, so that'll be happening across there. I, I really think that this is going to be a game where Iowa comes out kind of fire-in-the-eyes type of game after what happened out at Rutgers. They're yep. ready to go right away and should win this one convincingly. Mm-hmm. Purdue's on tap next Thursday after that. There's a big, important stretch, but... Again, these are games you have to win, and not just win, but do it with some style. For the net, get a double-digit win, because the difference between 9 and 10 points is actually a pretty big bump. Mm -hmm. Make sure you get a double-digit. And if it comes down to the wire, and you're up 12, keep scoring. Realize that. (laughs) Right. I I, I know it's kind of silly to say. So there's got to be somebody on the staff that plants that seed, right? You would think so, right? Like a get-back coach on the sidelines in the NFL or college football? Ultimately, I was going to be a bubble team. Yes. One way or the other. I agree with you. They're not good enough to be a rock-solid six seed. I don't see that out of the squad and not, what they not, still have. Unless they go on a run in Indianapolis. Right. That's apparently where Apparently Kofi's got a concussion. Not oh, Kofi. okay. So good. I'm not good. <laughs> and for Iowa, we've seen the importance of trying to get up to that level, trying to get to a six seed. That could be the difference. Mm-hmm. The seed line is important. Massive. The difference between a six and a seven, well, we've mm-hmm. seen what happens in the round of 32. Right. When I was playing a two seed. Or back in the day with Dr. Tom, you're an eight or nine seed. And who do you play in the next round? Duke. Right. It's a huge difference. So, yeah, you're up 12. There's a minute and a half. Don't put Austin Ash in there to get him some cheers. No, because it's too important. You're playing for NCAA tournament positioning. And to get there, maybe, even to be in the tournament, those little nuances are important. And the double-digit win, that is a part. It shouldn't be. That's another thing about this net metric that's absolutely broken. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, it is such a step up from what we had in the past. RPI was only a scheduling component. That's all it measured, Mm -hmm. was the schedule that you played. Guess what Iowa's RPI is right now with the old system? I have no idea. It was 72, I want to say, the other night. Let me pull it up here because I was looking just the other day, and I was absolutely shocked by it, but it shows you, and that was the reason back then where I used to complain all the time about Iowa scheduling. When they take on these teams in the 300s, it would kill your RPI. That's not the case anymore. With the net, it goes into efficiency. Yeah, 74 is what their RPI would be right now. They wouldn't be on the bubble. Mm-mm. Their net, 21. Uh, I like the net system, Trent. Yes. Don't be killing it. Makes it much, much better. It, it is a does. step up from the RPI. Uh, quickly on the NFL, now we'll get Kevin Lehman in here. More on Drake and you and I coming up, uh, which feels like a big game. ESPNU has it. So Kevin's got the color. Do you know who the... Play-by-play guy? No, it was a new name for me when I was looking at the game notes uh, that came out yesterday. It was a name that I didn't know. So So Kevin will be there. Yeah, he's going to be there. And the play-by-play guy, you guys have to assume, is going to be beside him. Right. Yes. (laughs) You would, well... It's a different assumption, in the old I guess, days, these days yeah. right? Yeah, and it's an ESPNU game, so I know Kevin will be there. We'll see about his play-by-play one. But, yeah, I found that interesting. You normally, at least, oh, yeah, I've heard of that guy. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the case, at least as I was looking at the game notes to see if I can pull it up here, it is Robert Lee. You know Robert Lee? I mean, no. not that Robert Lee. No. This is a different Robert Lee than I think people know. Name that was new to me. That'll be working with Lehman. Well, um, we'll get Kevin Lehman in a few minutes. Just a real, real quick on the NFL uh, with with the slate of games. Two tomorrow, of course. Two on uh, two on Sunday. 
what's what's game's going to attract the biggest audience? I mean, it's obviously one of the two prime timers. Mm-hmm. Is it Bills Kansas City on Sunday night, or Niners and Aaron Rodgers versus the Packers on Saturday? Is that maybe closer than you think? I don't think so. It's still Sunday. It's mm-hmm. still a window that just resonates, even though it's a different time than you're used to until we get this point of the playoffs. I think ultimately it's going to be that Kansas City-Buffalo game and two different markets. I mean, San Francisco and Green Bay, a national team, you would think would rate higher, but it's Saturday versus Sunday, and that still matters even when we're talking about the NFL. Look at the Cowboys 49ers with that number, oh. did, which was just an absolute monster. And being on Sunday, yep. big part of that too. Uh, indeed. It's 1020. We'll give you the keyword. We've got one this hour, one next hour. Uh, your chance to win $1,000. Kevin Lehman coming up. We will head to Vegas with our friend Mike Palm from Circa Sports. Uh, get the latest on the point spread. See which way the money is coming in on those. Uh, right now, it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, you uh, enter the keyword money. Money at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Kevin Lehman, basketball analyst, will pick his brain on the big four and have him certainly preview uh, the game tomorrow night. 5 o'clock tip, ESPNU. Big Ten Network has... Iowa, Penn State. Is it the deuce for Iowa State? Is that what it is? You know what? I want to make sure. I'm going to get this right because I don't think it's a um, plus game. Two. ESPN 2. ESPN 2 for that one. Good. So 2, BTN, and U. For the three locals. For the three Four locals. locals. Right. Three of them at home, one of them on the road. Miller and Condon back with Kevin Lehman. Uh, the keyword again this hour is money. Money at KXNO.com. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, welcome back. A couple of minutes before 10.30 on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO Divisional Weekend. We will get into those matchups from a sports betting perspective with our friend uh, Mike Palm from Circus Sports here in about 15 minutes. Right now, Kevin Lehman, Washer Systems of Iowa. Sponsors our Valley Conversation whenever we have Kevin Lehman on and he joins the program. Kevin, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? And my pleasure, guys. Hope you had a good Christmas and good New Year's. I haven't talked with you for a No. Has it been that long? Well, but shame on us. We talked in December. Okay. One time. You might have been gone. Maybe that, I was. Yeah. That'd, be a, that'd be a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be. Uh, so uh, you've got uh, the Panthers and the Bulldogs tomorrow. You will be on site. Will your play-by-play guy be seated beside you? Yes, he will. Uh, can but our uh, producer and director will be in the warm confines of Kansas City, so they are remote. But we have ca- you know, obviously cameramen and the talent will be courtside. Because uh, I'm told that the uh, ESPN two broadcast tomorrow of Iowa State TCU, uh, we, we, the announcers will not be in the building. It'll be being done remote. Kevin, do you know what's behind that? Is it is it uh, purely COVID? Um, that has uh, changed the way uh, television is handling this? Or, you know, once we get past this, and I'm assuming that'll happen, um, 
Do you think we go back to the way it was, Kevin, where everybody's in the building and you guys are getting on airplanes or in cars and driving to your various uh, assignments? Uh, Ken, I certainly hope we go back to it. And uh, I'm sitting in my office downstairs. Upstairs, I have my home kit boxed up. It arrived last week. They're setting it up on Tuesday. So I believe uh, it's a Drake game later on this season is going to be remotely done. And one, uh, actually, I think it's the uh, a game at Loyola and a game at Northern Iowa. Mm. So you can have remote. The rest they've got. The rest they've got me on site now. They told me because it's travel issues. It's the back to back, and they're concerned about weather problems. But here's what's happened, Ken and Trent. You know, they saved a bunch of money in travel last oh, year. Oh sure. <laughs> and and they saw that they could produce it. So if they, if the the viewer accepts this, they're going to continue with it. I just see that coming. I. Don't like it. I am concerned about doing my first home studio broadcast. I did some last last year on a streaming network, uh, and it's really difficult. It's got to be. I mean, you you can't see the people that you're broadcasting with. It just it makes it more difficult. And I think fans notice, and not just you know people like us in the business, but your everyday fan. You flip on one of these games, and if it's being broadcast remotely, you'll see fans on Twitter and Facebook going crazy about. That not being there, it makes an impact to the broadcast and certainly has got to be tough on you, Kevin. I think the hardest part, Tritt, is your play-by-play guy's next next to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're sitting next to Ken right now, I would imagine, uh, and you kind of hand off to each other. That's really hard to do when he's sitting in <laughs> yeah. three states away because you need some timing, you need uh, some cohesiveness with your partner who's doing play-by-play, and it's really hard to do that when you're doing it remotely. And even not having your producer and directors there on site is also a little bit different also. Yeah, <clears throat> give Travis and Heather and Sean credit. <laughs> right. They do. Yeah. They navigate the mornings here on KXNO and, and do so uh, seamlessly. I, I agree with you. It's got to be difficult. Well, the game itself, Kevin, Trent and I were speaking about this one uh, earlier in the show, uh, albeit briefly. Boy, it feels like a big spot for both schools, right? Both kind of, you know, still within striking distance of Loyola, but if Loyola is the team and they certainly look like they are, you want to stay in that two or three and avoid Loyola till Sunday in St. Lewis, if you get that opportunity, it's a big spot. It's a big game, Kevin. Oh, no question. It's a big game because Missouri State is going to Loyola at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So, and Loyola's shown some kinks in the armor, Ken. You know, they were down 16 to Bradley at home, came back and won. They're down 12 to Valpo, came back and won in two overtimes. So, this is not the same team that we've seen before. And they've had a somewhat we call easy schedule. They have not played Drake, Golden Iowa, and this will be the first game against Missouri State. The other three teams that are picked toward the top of the Valley. So they've got some tough games ahead of them. But this game with Drake and Golden Iowa, yeah, who's going to be able to move themselves up in that second spot? I think that's really important as you get near Arch Madness that you don't want to be in that and meet Loyola until you get to the championship round. Because, you know, I know the administrators like the idea of Loyola getting the championship, getting beat, and getting two bids for the Valley. That's the only way mm-hmm. it's going to happen for the Valley this season. So you and I goes on the road to Valpo, gets up in the game, lead by five at halftime, led by as many as nine, then got down and looked like they were going to just take the L in regulation, had a frantic comeback late to force overtime, ultimately fell there. But they did that all with A.J. Green. Now, ultimately, of course, you want to get that win, but when you look forward at this team and getting – 
to Arch Madness and making a run there to get an NCAA tournament bid. How important do you think it was to play and play well in a game without A.J. Green out there? Well, I think it's huge. If you looked at this team has made this run, uh, the Evansville game where they scored 92 points, A.J. Green had nine. Hmm. And he said himself that year of COVID stepping away, or actually for him it was the hip surgeries, right. he learned to trust his teammates more. Because in the past, we see him try to take a game over himself. Now he's distributing the ball better. He's trusting uh, Noah Carter and other guys to get involved. So I think this is really huge for the development team. And also, a healthy Bowen Bourne has been huge for these Panthers. He broke a finger earlier. He had shin splints. So like the last three, four games, he's really gotten back to himself. Uh, his assistive ratio has been outstanding. And here's what he does, guys. You understand basketball. It takes the ball out of A.J. Green's hand and lets him come off and catch more, kind of like, like Iowa does with Bohan, and let him catch more and, and get some crate off the bounce that way. So I guess that's not like Bohannon, but it allows him off to play off the ball more and frees him up. So the, the Bowen board stepping up has been big for this development of the team. Uh, Tucker DeVries signing with Drake has been big for the Bulldogs. Uh, Kevin, who does he remind you of at this point in his career? And and what do you see as he gets older? Because he's, I mean, physically, he he looks like a senior when I watch, uh, when I watch the Bulldogs. He's a big kid. Um, who does he remind you of? And what's his ceiling? You know, I get asked that quite a bit. My son asked me last night if he was a better player than his dad, Darren. <laughs> My response was, well, they were completely different because, you know, Darren was a combo guard. But, uh, but yeah, this kid, you're right, he fit in seamlessly with a team full of 22- and 23-year-olds. That's what amazed me, the maturity level. And when we talked to Darren yesterday for prep for this game, I asked him the expectations. Did you expect to see this much production from your son. He goes, no, not originally, but when I saw him in the fall and the summer work out with my players, then I started to see this kid's way ahead, uh, not only physically, but mentally uh, in a game. But, you know, I'm kind of thinking Jeremy Morgan maybe. I, I really have a hard time trying to find comparison right now because uh, he's very unique at six foot seven because of the ability to pass the ball. He's knocking out trees at a high rate. Yeah. Uh, this kid's got 34 assists, so he is a po- point forward. I think if you look at the Valley, I don't know how much you follow the Valley, but Marcus Damask of Southern Illinois would be another good comparison. Talk with Kevin Lehman as we take a look around Big Four basketball. Let's jump to your stomping grounds and go to Iowa City as the Hawkeyes come off a frustrating loss. So, Kevin, you were a coach in a former life. What do you say to a team in the locker room after a game like that, one where you felt like you were absolutely jobbed at the end with that foul call. Well, that's a really delicate situation because you've got to get past it because you've got another game coming. And I thought he can know Fran was about to explode yeah. during that post-game press yeah. conference. They controlled himself really mm-hmm. well. And even the players, uh, of course, have we seen Keegan Murray get upset yet? He has no. a <laughs> low-key personality I've ever seen. Right. Never seen him get upset and never seen him celebrate when he makes a big shot. Right. Yeah, he is. He's not old school. He's like old, old, old school. Right. Uh, but I think you have to uh, tell your team to simply, hey, we got jobs. That's the way it works in college basketball. 
you got to forget it, and we got to move on to the next one because you got Penn State coming in here Saturday in the Carver Hawkeye. But uh, for a physical game, for 39 and minutes and 58 seconds to make that call mm. is egregious, guys. I, I it is. And here's the thing. A coach, you got to go through and you got to answer questions. The players have to answer questions. Why don't they put the yep. officials behind the mic and say, hey, explain that call? Uh, and the guy, Trent, what's the cat's name? I mean, he missed one with the other, and it was Courtney Courtney Green. Courtney Green, right. He had an assignment. He was was in another uh, building last night. Indiana Purdue. Right. Three straight nights. Back to back, Mm -hmm. Big Ten games with travel, different hotel rooms, late check-ins. It's it's ridiculous. Don't you think, uh, uh, Kevin, we need to get to a point where... You know, you 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 can only officiate maybe four games a week or a certain number of games a month because this th- there's a chance this dude's working again tonight and probably tomorrow. Good point, Ken. There should be some sort of restriction. And I've been around these guys. Some of these guys are my friends. Uh, you know, I know John Higgins really well from my days in Omaha, and, and they are boom. Uh, I remember calling him after a game one time. He was halfway. To Kansas City because he had a Kansas or Kansas State game the next day. This is after a Northern Iowa game. That's the way those guys roll. But they're only I mean, they're they're doing one game a day. And I I was with them at the K9 Classic. Those cats were drinking beer every night. And I'm like, <laughs> I gotta go do I gotta do four games tomorrow. You guys are gonna do one game. I'm in the wrong business. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good possession, uh, no doubt about it. Hey, Kevin, with that Penn State and then uh, Purdue after that for the Hawkeyes. This Hawkeye team, you know, we talked about it. They're gonna be a bubble team, I think, ultimately one way or the other. There's been frustrating moments with this squad. What still could be unlocked? What What do you look at as maybe a key to get this team a step higher than they are right now? Well, what they have to do, just the way they're built, Trent, they have to play fast. And Rutgers they had a great blueprint to slow that game down, muddy it up, be very physical, be physical with Keegan Murray. Uh, so the score indicates that was such a low-scoring game. If they get out, I, I thought their best game plan was when they played uh, Indiana here in Carver Hawkeye. Those big front line of uh, Trace Jackson Davis and Thompson, Race Thompson, they sped that game up and took those bigs out of the game. They couldn't do that against Rutgers. So it's easier to do it at home. It's difficult on the road. So they kind of are what they are, Trent. I think they're still going to struggle on road games because of that fact that it's hard to speed a game up. But when they play fast, they're kind of shades of those old Dr. Thompsons. When they get out and press and play fast, and get in the, in the running lanes offensively and play the so-called downhill game, they're pretty effective. But you give them a half court where you can bounce them a little bit and bang on them, it's difficult because this is a team that's kind of long and slightly built. Uh, so physical play is difficult for the Hawks to handle. Uh, Kevin, uh, and finally give us a minute on Iowa State and the Big 12 overall. Iowa State 2-4 and four in a log jam. Uh, they got the, they're still, well, they, they lost, but they were going into the week 15th ranked, and there they are. It's just so tough to bottom. You know, when the, when the schedule, when they got through this gauntlet to begin, they thought, well, they'll catch their breath here. They got TCU coming in and a couple of winnable basketball games. This conference is as deep as I can recall it being. I've heard people, Ken, say there might be eight teams from this Big 12, which has 10 teams. But one ineligible. I don't, yeah, one ineligible. Right. I think they'll get seven. I don't think they'll get eight. But you're right. This is a gauntlet of a program, of a, a league. And you look at the, the ones at the bottom. 
right. Oklahoma, TCU, Kansas State, they've had some good wins. So, again, you look at Iowa State's schedule, there are no breeders. Missouri's starting to play better. That was their SEC mm-hmm. challenge game. And then you look at February, all of a sudden, Kansas back at Hilton, at Texas, at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. This thing is brutal. And my concern with this Iowa State team, do they have enough depth to handle the rigors of that type of schedule? And they got to get some help in the scoring column yep. for Brockington. They got to have some guys be more consistent. Grill starting to come on a little bit. Kalsher's got to get more consistent for him. They got to get in Aruna going. They just need more help at the offensive end because they're good defensively, but it's a struggle for them on the road to generate points on their offensive end. Have a good call tomorrow. ESPNU has got a five o'clock tip. Drake, Northern Iowa, ESPNU. Kevin Lehman. You'll hear his voice. He's the analyst on the call. Kevin, we'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Kevin. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good day. You do the same. Kevin Lehman, as we take a look at the Big Four. Quick timeout. Off to Vegas with Mike Palm from Circus Sports next. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.5. Juno. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNL and 106.3 FM. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO, Meatloaf, and Louie Anderson. Yeah. One-two punch of 80s lore. It was. Never a big fan of either of them. And no, Meatloaf, you weren't a Meatloaf nah, guy. I mean, they made a lot of records. I bet Mike Palm was dancing on the dance floor. At <laughs> was he? South Bend in college, a little Meatloaf. Yeah. Whispering sweet nothings <laughs> into the ears of some ladies. Hello, Mike Palm. Welcome. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Trent. Tremendous on the uh, on the eve of divisional weekend. Yeah, going to be fun. Hey, before we get into it, uh, Trent and I were speaking earlier just about Las Vegas, and you know the the, the Golden Knights get there, the city goes crazy. Uh, the NFL gets there, the city's going crazy. Super Bowl is going to come. MLB is flirting, or I, is it a bargaining ploy, Mike? Or is there the the flirtation legit? And I've heard maybe the Tropicana, that area uh, of the of the Strip, is where they're at least kicking the tires on potentially building about a 40,000-seat ballpark. I think that was the number I saw maybe right around there. What, what are the chances MLB is in Las Vegas and is the Oakland A's? You know, um, that's one of the areas by, the, by Tropicana there. There was a thought that uh, the Rio might have been an area they would use to develop that land. There's also the Cashman Center downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a proposed site for it. Look, it, it seems to be pretty legit from the Oakland A's interest. I know the ownership team has been in town about a half dozen times here, and the, and there's been a lot of research being done with the you know the citizens of Las Vegas about their propensity. Would would they attend games? I know I filled out different surveys. Would you buy season tickets? It could be a negotiating ploy, but I think they really want out of Oakland. I think they saw what Mark Davis did and said, "Geez." Yeah. Uh, how was he able to pull off that deal, and can we get something similar? What would baseball mean to the betting market, having a team in Vegas and just increasing, which is, of course, the quieter time during the summer months with football off? What would that mean for you guys in Vegas in terms of seeing baseball handle maybe go up? Well, it would certainly help visitation, right, during the summer mm-hmm. from uh, from opposing teams coming in and when you get the Midwest teams, depending on, you know, which league that they're in. And, yeah, I think it helps to handle during the summer. We're just going through uh, our numbers for the year um, in Nevada and uh, Colorado and, and even Iowa. And I was pretty impressed when we look at the summer months 
we didn't do that poorly. I mean, the drop off between spring and fall with 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 football and the NCAA tournament, and then just really the dead summer months wasn't as dramatic as I would have thought. We still had pretty decent handle June, July, and August, and uh, and 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 held a little bit better than I would have thought too. So the baseball, especially when the Dodgers are doing well, and now the Padres have put a team together. That helps us as well in this area with fan a fan base in Southern California and in Southern Nevada. I'm Mike Palm from Circus Sports. Of course, Circa in the state of Iowa. You can download the Circus Sports app at the App Store. Mike, have you been surprised before we kind of take a closer look at the four divisional games? Any um, any betting trends that have surprised you pursuant to either of these four games that you thought that kind of caught you off guard a little bit? Are you getting big bets on a team that you know doesn't make much sense to you, or is it uh, pretty much uh, as you thought it would be? No, the. Uh... It's not really surprising. I'm surprising that this, a little surprised this Tennessee number is hanging where it is. I thought it would go up. Uh, I know some places have been four. I thought this number would close closer to four and a half. There's definitely a recency bias, though, when we see those four teams that advanced out of, uh, out of wild card weekend. It's fresh in their minds, especially when some of them did so very convincingly, right? Just thrashing their opponents. We are seeing money coming in on the 49ers. Uh, I thought that line was a little bit out of whack. Um, I thought it would be four and, you know, six, six and even a half, even at times. It's five and a half. I think it's heading towards five. Now, if there's major news on these 49er injuries, maybe it goes back up to six. But uh, the sharp, sharp money coming in on the 49ers. 49ers, sharp money coming in there. Uh, how about game one? Cincinnati seems kind of to be a darling of some people. I was listening to you on the podcast yesterday with Gil. I know all you guys seem to like Tennessee in this spot, laying the three and a half. What have you guys seen coming in money-wise between the Sharps and the Squares? You know, it's it's a little bit split. Uh, more public money on uh, on Cincinnati and a little bit sharp action leaning towards Tennessee, but not a lot, really. It's uh, it's the least bet right now of the four games. Now everything changes once the game kicks, right? And those the thirty minutes before kickoff is now where you see almost half the action on some of these wow. games. <laughs> um, so a little bit of a uh, of light betting pattern on this game. Now as we get into tomorrow, I don't know. Are people really paying attention to the fact it's going to be about thirty four degrees in Nashville? Right? <laughs> it's, 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 there's a little bit of a weather factor mm-hmm. there as well. Maybe we're going to see a little bit of under money here come in on this game. But it, it, I, I don't know which way it's going to go. I would have thought more Tennessee, and we haven't seen it yet. Uh, Bills and the Chiefs, right now you've got it uh, it's down. It's a, it's a point and a half now. I'm uh, I'm hearing from a, from a lot of professionals that they think that 54 might be a little high as far as the total. That because everybody, the public's betting this game over just based on, you know, Mahomes going crazy with five touchdown passes and Allen likewise countering uh, in the, in their game against the Patriots, that they don't expect the, the scoring spree that some do. Do you see it that way? Yeah, well, remember that first game was a little bit of an aberration in the defensive touchdowns for Buffalo. Uh, Kansas City has been more of the steady team, right? And their defense has played better, although they faced a lot of teams that were missing weapons as they came down the stretch in the back half of the year after they they turned it around. I don't know how they stopped Josh Allen running the ball unless they get out of that man. They love to play man, so their backs are to the the line. And Allen can kill you. He rushed. He rushed for 59 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting. That's the concern there. I think it could be a matchup problem 
for Kansas City. I guess in a lot of these games, you have to the, – the bet becomes a referendum on the quarterback. Can they perform in the big spot? I think the game in Tampa is definitely a referendum on Matthew Stafford. Yep. And I think this game in Kansas City might be a referendum on Josh Allen. Wow, that'll be a fun one to watch, and that'll put the cap on the divisional round. You mentioned Matt Stafford, the Rams come in. What did Cam Akers do after seeing him? One of the most physical runs that we saw, and it was an ugly one for Buda Baker. But Cam Akers seems to add a little something here, certainly to this Rams team. Do you guys adjust them by a half point, even a point, when you're going through and going through your power numbers? Did he do anything as you guys put together this point spread? You know, not really, because that game was more about Arizona just seemingly not having lost their way and being really disinterested past the middle of the second quarter in that game. If you watch their body language, their how they looked on the sidelines, I don't think they could have looked any worse. I, I, there's some people think that the Rams are going to be able to run the football against the Buccaneers because of how Akers and Michelle did it. You know, ran for 120 yards again, and even Stafford, Stafford outrushed Murray by 20 yards. I mean, that who would have ever thought that? But I mean, that's the one thing Tampa Bay does. We saw it in the playoffs last year. We saw it all regular season. You don't run the ball on them. Philadelphia couldn't run the ball on them. I just don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball on him. And Matt Stafford's going to be asked to do a lot more than he did on Monday night in SoFi. Really, he wasn't asked to do a lot. I think he only had 24 attempts, 17. I mean, he didn't make mistakes, right? He didn't turn the ball over. And if Matt Stafford doesn't turn the ball over, I think the Rams have a great shot of winning in Tampa. Yeah, I do too. We asked you about this on the TV show, and I love the the, the championship exacta that you guys have put up at Circa. We spent some time going over it yesterday on, on the show. Is, is there a matchup that's um, that's getting um, more play than maybe some of the others? I mean, I would, I would assume it's the Packers beating someone or someone beating the Packers, uh, but it's available at Circa Sports, the championship exacta, meaning you have to have, you can bet it today, who's going to win the Super Bowl, but you have to have both teams uh, and have the winner identified correctly. Is there one of those matchups getting more play, Mike, than maybe you would have thought? The matchups with the Bills is getting a little more play. Bills over Packers, Packers over Bills, Bills over Rams, um, Rams over Bills, Bills over Bucks, Bucks over Bills. Bills are getting bet more than I might have thought in this. It, it looks clear now that they're the really, people think that the game in Arrowhead on Sunday night is really the AFC championship mm. game. And I think both of either of these two teams, uh, should Tennessee take care of Cincinnati, will be favored in Nashville next Sunday. Both teams would be favored. A little look ahead there if that's what we get. Hey, final thing for me, Mike Palm, Circus Sports, of course. You can download the app right now here in the state of Iowa. Looking towards March. People making a trip out there for the NCAA tournament. Ken and I are... Working on some details maybe a week earlier for a conference tournament week to go out and hang out with you guys. What's the easiest way to get a reservation for somebody here in Iowa? Want to get a table for a weekend? Want to get a table for an afternoon? Or want to get something set up out at Stadium Swim? What's the easiest way to get involved with that? You can go to the website Circa Las Vegas, and then it will give you maps depending on what you choose. You scroll down, you can pick Stadium Swim or the sports book. And there's a booking engine there okay. where you can look at a map and it'll show you what's available. You actually pick your specific seat that you want, or if it's at the pool, what, what is it that you want? Do you want a day bed? Do you want a poolside box? Are you looking for a cabana? And then what's available and you book it, much like what a movie theater is now when you walk yeah. right, and you pick yep. 
it shows you what the open seats are and you get to pick your seat. That, that certainly wasn't the way 20 years ago. So, <laughs> no. And if you're having any issues, you can always reach out to me on Twitter, Mike Palm Circa, or, or, or email me at mike.palm uh, at the D.com. Good, good stuff. And, and how the water temperature at Stadium Swim is what, 90 what? Yeah, 96 uh, up, to, uh, up to 98, depending on uh, how cold it is outside. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> Mike Palm Circa Sports, we'll talk to you in a week's time. Mike, thank you. Thanks. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Yeah, you do the same. Mike Palm uh, from Las Vegas as we take a look inside the numbers with a friend, Mike Palm. All right. Clones, Hawks, Sprout first, then Tom Cakert, then we'll give four of you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Before we give you our picks, we've got an hour to go. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.